0: It's minus 12, but feels like, I don't know, minus a billion degrees right now, Hal Anderson? Do you think that's a bit of an exaggeration? No,
1: I think that's actually right. Let me check. You're right on. That's how cold it is. That's how cold it feels. Nine zeros at the end of that? Perfect. Yes. Uh, northerly wind at 14, gusting at times to 35, 36, and so that's what's uh, causing that wind chill. Actually, the wind windchill's minus 19, but it feels like uh, minus a whatever you said, yeah. <laughs> uh, how was your Easter weekend? Happy Easter Monday.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, well, my weekend was busy. I was out and about doing things and uh, do, getting a little bit of extra work done over the weekend for our upcoming series this week.
1: We passed in the hall yesterday. That's I was right. leaving as as you were coming in to get some stuff done. I'm excited about this uh, series this week, starting on Wednesday mm-hmm. here on CGOB, over-the-counter culture, kind of everything drug related uh,
0: specifically prescription drugs to kind of a lot of news you can use Mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. And uh, I know I'll be on your show in a couple days with a few researchers to chat about that. That ought ought to be interesting.
1: You will. And I mentioned that I had the opportunity to speak to a researcher right here in Winnipeg who is on the verge of launching a drug for diabetic neuropathy, which is really cool and affects so many people all around the world. And it's kind of cool that this research happened right here in Winnipeg. And like I said, on the verge of people benefiting from this medication. So we are excited starting Wednesday over-the-counter culture here on CJOB and on uh, Global Television and also on the website, cjob.com and globalnews.ca. Tristan Field-Jones will join us as we go along here this afternoon. Top and bottom of the hour. He'll have sports for you as well, starting at 325. Actually, a bit of sports on the show today. Uh, we're going to talk to um, Doug Brown. We'll do that after Global News at 1.30 with TFJ. Doug will be here to talk about the Bombers signing James Stanley as their defensive assistant. Get Doug's thoughts on that. Uh, by the way, before that, in about 10 minutes here, we'll talk to my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson about this cold weather, get his thoughts, and then Doug after the news at one thirty. Christian O'Mell will join us at about 1.45. We're going to talk about uh, tickets and the Jets and how the Jets handle their tickets, just so you don't get ripped off. Christian O'Mell will be here at 1.45. Right after Global News at 2 o'clock, Eric Castleman will join us from the Park Theater. The Park Theater, again, with the playoffs coming, We'll be having the Jets games on the big screen down there at the Park Theater. And so we'll talk to Eric about that after Global News at 2 o'clock. About 2.15, I've got a good tough trivia question for you. Get it right and you'll win tickets to the Home and Garden Show, which is happening Thursday to Sunday at the RBC Convention Center. And we're going to toss in a gift certificate as well for Santa Lucia pizza, by the way. On the weekend, Santa Lucia Pizza named the best pizza in Winnipeg at the Nightlife Awards, which is uh, pretty cool. Also, Mike Conkin, Global Weather Specialist. We're going to start the show with my weather expert, Bruce Johnson, and later on in the show, Mike Conkin, Global Weather Specialist, talking about this cold weather. And there's been so much talk about these reboots on television uh, Roseanne and, uh, all these others, Will and Grace and how well they're doing. There's talk that they will bring back another one. And as soon as I told Jeff courier, what show it was, he goes, weren't well, they all dead? Uh, it's the golden girls. Yes. They're going to do kind of a gay twist on uh, the golden girls. See now I'm not sure how I feel about that because there's a classic great show And they're going to change it. Now, obviously, you've got to change it. You can't go back to the original cast members. But I'm not so sure. Maybe you just leave it alone, right? It's a classic. I don't know. What do you think? And there's a movie. There have been two of these, and they're talking about doing a third. And we'll have details on that coming up. Uh, Speaking of movies... Ready Player One, number one at the weekend box office, $41.2 million. Uh, And that's uh, the Steven Spielberg movie, by the way. But We'll uh, give you the top five list here at some point later on. Hey, call and tell me if Costco in town sells a great big eight-foot stuffed bear here. I know they do in the States because it's uh, a story that I want to talk about today. This thing has apparently become a viral sensation. Big eight-foot stuffed bear from Costco. I'm curious to know if Costco here in Winnipeg is selling it. Let me know if you've seen it. 204-780-6868. Did you get fooled by any April Fool's uh, pranks yesterday, jokes, or anything like that? There were a few. I'd be curious to know if you fell for any of them. And... uh, Later on, I've got something relating to that. If we have time, I'll see if we have time for it. I won't talk too much about it, just in case uh, we don't have time for it. But, uh, yeah, April Fool's uh, jokes and pranks. Did you fall for any of them? There's a new term. I'm not sure we'll get to it today. But I want to get some experts on to talk about it. Unretirement. retirement retirement You know, you retire, you think you've got enough, but you don't have enough and you have to unretire interesting just you know with the way things are going so if we don't talk about that today we'll talk uh, more about that at some point saw that today and I thought that's an interesting uh, an interesting term that I had not heard before i just got a text message uh from Somebody, no name, saying, yes, Costco does sell these bears, these big eight-foot stuffed bears locally. Good. Okay, so when I talk about it later, I'll make mention of the fact that the bear is available locally. And this is kind of a funny story. A 300-year-old sex manual, 300-years-old sex manual, back in the day, 300 years ago, was banned for its shocking content. Well, it has sold at auction, and we're actually going to read some of that 300 year old sex manual here on the show today. All that and much more on the way. It is 1 11 at CJOB. My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, is next. All right, and uh, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, joins us now. Uh, Bruce is uh, not here every day on the weekend, on my weekend show. He's on every morning, Saturday and Sunday morning at 7.15. We talked on the weekend about this cold weather, but uh, it's a big story today as a lot of people head back to work, Bruce. Some people, I guess, get the Monday off uh, relating to Easter, but how long can we expect this cold weather to hang around?
2: Well, the really, really cold weather, today's probably going to be the coldest day until sometime next early next winter or late next fall, uh let's hope anyway, and it's going to warm up a little tomorrow, and Wednesday, then maybe a little bit of a setback Thursday, and then a little warmer Friday might get above freezing by Saturday, not way above not near average, but still above where you know, above freezing. It may be a little bit of snow Sunday right now that's not looking very big, and that may not happen. I just have to see the models are very. Inconsistent this far away, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. And
1: um, how much uh, I was going to ask you too about the uh, the cold weather. Is this unusual? Is it uh, is it rare to be this cold this time of the
2: year? Um, it's well, it's not. It's way below average, so it's it's somewhat unusual, but it's certainly not unprecedented by any stretch. It it can be this cold this time of year. It's just. A particularly annoying to people when you've had a really long winter. Yes. Uh, so it's not it's not crazy. I mean, this time of year, now it can get nice. On this date, nineteen eighty eight, it was sixteen point nine degrees. But in nineteen seventy nine, it was minus twenty six point three that morning. Wow. So it can be worse, and so it's it's not comfortable. It's not enjoyable to a lot of people. But mm-hmm. you know, it it could be. It could be even worse than it is.
1: Yeah. So if and, we get to minus 21 tonight, windchill minus 28, we're not breaking any records with that then?
2: Uh, as far as the records, the record right now that I'm looking at for tomorrow is minus 25.6 in 1975, so it would not break a record. Yeah. It would be fairly close. It would mm-hmm. just be annoying to a lot of people. Kind of like, it's as popular as roaches in a five-star restaurant. It's something <laughs> that you don't really like.
1: Yeah. You don't want to see that. I was talking to my mom on the phone yesterday for Easter, though, and she's telling me that they are bracing for a big dump of snow in southern Alberta, so there's snow all around us.
2: Right, and it's just one of the things is this has come down so far. This cold air has come down so far. It's shoving it further south than normal So and west, and so what they're getting is they're getting that interaction between the warm and cold air masses that might normally be here or even further north this time of year, and... So they're getting it, and that's one of the reasons we're not getting it is it's way down. It's way south of us. In fact, that next storm next Sunday, it, the models are showing it may be missing us to the south once again. Wow. Bad news about that is that means we're north of the and That means we're on the cold side of it. Averages right now are plus six for a high, daytime high and minus five overnight. We're not going to be near minus five today at all.
1: No. Um, and then, of course, that brings on the big debate, and I sort of plan on getting into this debate uh, with Mike Conkin later on when I'm talking weather with him, Global Weather Specialist Mike Conkin. But, you know, then you go, well, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the cold or would you rather have the snow? I think the cold without the snow is probably a good idea, right, because that will help us warm up a lot faster when we do get warmer weather. If there's a bunch of snow on the ground, it takes longer.
2: Oh yeah, if if there were if we had a big dumping of snow and had a whole bunch of snow on the ground, again uh, on this date in 1956 we had 61 centimeters of snow on the ground. That would make it you just it wouldn't warm up. And, and of course, if we had that along with this air mass, you think it's cold now. We might be setting records. Yeah. So yes, we don't want a big blanket of snow because that bounces the ultraviolet rays back to the north. And it will come through eventually, but it takes longer. And in, once all the snow's gone, it hits that dark ground, and it really absorbs the heat. Mm-hmm. Hey,
1: what was that uh, temperature you said? It was somewhere in Canada. It was like minus 40 almost. Where
2: was that? Right. It, this would, this uh, Yesterday morning, it was minus 40.8 in Eureka, Nunavut. It's way up mm-hmm. it's one of those research stations. That's not a record, but it's not all that far from a record. And it certainly isn't warm.
1: Yeah, for this time of the year. Again, this is unusual. Not, uh, it's happened before, but it is unusual to get this kind of uh, cold this time of the year.
2: Right, and it's more annoying when you've had a winter that has lasted as long as this one has. It's been cold for a long time. Yes. And so people are more tired of it than if winter had started really in December.
1: Yeah. That's what was kind of unusual. And maybe why it seems like this has gone on forever is because we had the cold kick in real early and it hung around. Like, you know, we normally get those three uh, patches of three or four weeks where it's really cold, but the cold came early this year.
2: Right. It did. And I think that's one of the reasons people are fed up with it because it lasted so long. November 1st is a long time ago. And that's, well, of course, remember the, the uh, Br- bridge of Palooza or whatever they called it was October 26th. I remember that. And then it, Then there was snow on the ground from November 1st on. Yeah, right. That
1: was October, eh, when the bridges froze up in town here? Yeah, I think that was October 26th. Wow. Well, I know you know numbers, so I'll trust you on that. (laughs) Hey, uh, Bruce, thank you very much, pal. I really appreciate it.
2: Okay, I'll talk to you later.
1: My weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. You can find his weather website, and it's great, by the way. Lots of info there for you. You can find his weather website, but easiest way is just go to my site, halanderson.ca, and you'll see Bruce's pick, and you can get to his site, halanderson.ca. All right? Go and check it out. And we will get the opinions of Mike Konkin, Global Weather Specialist Mike Konkin, later on in the show. I've got him scheduled in mm, just after 2.30. So we'll see what Mike has to say about the weather then. All right, let's take a look at what today is. Today is Children's Book Day. It's children's book day today. It is ferret day today. <laughs> it's Love Your Produce Manager Day today. Well, that's nice. I guess you know it's it's important to get in good with your uh with your produce guy, right? Because then, you know, you make sure and get the good stuff. I've decided too, by the way. I've threatened over the last couple of years that I was going to start a garden, and this year I'm just doing it. Uh, I got lots of land, but I don't have a whole lot of time uh, to deal with the uh, with the garden. So here's what I'm thinking. Tell me if I'm crazy or not, Jeff Forche, producer of this show. Tell me if I'm crazy. I am hoping to find somebody out there who, in exchange for a portion of the harvest, Will weed and and do some of that work on my garden, so I don't have to. So I can just. You're crazy. Am I? You don't no, think anybody no, will kidding. go for that? <laughs> no, I, people I will go. For I, it for I don't because sure. there are lots of community gardens around, right? And I'm thinking if I can find somebody who's got a bit of a green thumb. I sure as hell don't. Yeah, have neither one. do I. If I have a bit, of, find somebody who has a bit of a green thumb, and what I'd like to do is is do it big enough that we can maybe give some to Winnipeg Harvest too, right?
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. But
1: I think, yeah, and then I can enjoy, you know, fresh produce. And help but I just out. I don't have the time to to do it. But I got lots of land that I'm willing to pay for the seeds and all that kind of stuff. But I'm trying to find a. I guess essentially what I'm looking for is a partner in produce.
3: I think you'll find someone. I Winnipeg so. is a very uh, giving place. Well, if
1: you are interested, call me. 204-780-6868. Hal at com. I'm in the south end of the city. If somebody out there wants to do that, and let's give some to, uh, to Winnipeg Harvest as well, I would be completely open To uh, footing the bill, if you're willing to do the weeding and and the bit of work that uh, is involved in that. Well, not a bit of work. It is quite a bit of
0: work. I think it's a great idea. Yeah.
1: Great idea. I like that idea. Thank you, Jeff Forge. I hope other people think that as well because I'm looking for a partner in produce. It is Love Your Produce Manager Day today. It's also Peanut Butter and Jelly Day today. Is that maybe the best sandwich there is, Peanut Butter and Jelly? There are others I like at different times more, but I think as a go-to most days, peanut butter and jelly is a pretty darn good sandwich. It's Reconciliation Day today. It is Tater Day today. It's White House Easter Egg Roll Day today. That doesn't seem right. Yesterday was Easter, and I know they had the Easter Egg Roll yesterday. In fact, I'll play you the story when we come back after the news at 1.30. Uh, President Trump was even out there for the big Easter egg roll at the White House. It is World Autism Acceptance Day today and World Autism Day today. But I think some of those days vary uh, between um, Canada and the U.S. as to exactly when those days are. I've got some stuff planned on autism on the show for tomorrow, by the way, if that's of interest to you. All right, so we're going to have some stuff on the show uh, tomorrow. All right, we got to take a break here. Tristan Field-Jones, I call him TFJ, is standing by. Global News at 1.30, and then Hal Anderson, that's me, continues with the show here on CJOB. Hey, TFJ, do you have a green thumb? Can you grow stuff? No. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I have, uh, I believe they call
0: it, uh, when you can't do the, what is it, it's called a a brown thumb, I think, when the best I can grow is dirt.
1: I got one text message from somebody saying that they can't, uh, they kill plastic plants. (laughs) Which, uh, it's really true. I don't know what it is. Some people have that ability and other people do not. It's absolutely true. You can do everything right, but if you have, as you say, a brown thumb... Nothing lives; it all dies. I'm,
0: I'm good at eating plant-based material. I am
1: very good. In fact, I am very good at that. I'm having an apple right now.
0: Again, it's, it, how many times have you had an apple on air? Listen, here,
1: you should be happy about the new Hal eating apples. Wasn't that long ago? It would have been a triple cheeseburger. <laughs> so pardon me if I am, that. pardon me if I have the uh, odd apple on the air during the show. Uh, So, the Bomber, thank you, TFJ. We'll talk to you in about half an hour. Um, So, the Bombers have uh, announced that they are bringing on as the team's defensive assistant James Stanley. And so I thought, well, let's get uh, Doug Brown, Big Bird, on and find out what he thinks of this idea. Of course, if you're a Bomber fan, you know how things were occasionally. On the D side of the bowl. There were times when things did not go the way we wanted them to go. And uh, Coach O'Shea said, I'm going to be more involved. And he kept Richie Hall around, and now they've hired this James Stanley guy. So I called up Doug Brown, Big Bird, number 97 this morning, and I chatted with him about this latest acquisition by the Bombers. So James Stanley, what do you know about this
4: guy? Anything? I know a little bit about him. Uh, he started his uh, CFL career as a coach in 2011, and he's been with the Hamilton Tiger Cats the last five years as a defensive back coach. So I think, uh, obviously, you know, a big concern this off season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers going forward, if they want to take that next step and, and really evolve and improve their chances in the postseason, I think we all need – we all Uh, realize and and know they need to get better in the secondary. And uh, so this is a guy with a lot of experience back there. And it's a real interesting move because, uh, you know, we all learned after the season that Mike O'Shea was going to be helping out a little bit more uh, defensively. A lot of people were surprised they didn't make a bigger move in terms of what they were going to do with Richie Hall going forward. So uh, he's, he's basically adding another cook to the kitchen to help things out in the secondary, which was the area of most need for this football team.
1: Yeah, and, you know, another cook in the kitchen, that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. But uh, from what you know of Stanley, good guy, good coach?
4: You know, I don't know him uh, personally, but, you know, it, it's interesting. I started thinking about this scenario. Uh, recently there was a story by, by Ed Tate uh, uh, and a quote came up from Taylor Hall that really you know, talked about what happened in the secondary for the Bombers last season. And his quote was this, you've got to know your stuff. You've got to make sure you know your playbook and you can watch film. So you can't point a finger at a coach for that. So Taylor Hall was talking about the bus in the secondary and how you know the players are ultimately responsible. Right. But what a coach can do in that scenario is hold the players accountable. Right. So Uh, It's one thing if you're a player and, uh, you know, you're missing your assignments, you don't have your nose in the playbook and you don't, you know, you're making mistakes Mm -hmm. and nobody is holding you accountable for it. So that might be the kind of move that this uh, hiring of James Stanley, the defensive assistant, is going to address the fact that, hey, they need somebody back there that that can get on those guys in the secondary and uphold a certain standard and expectation of play instead of, uh, you know, the inconsistency of mistakes and and errors and gas that we saw last year.
1: Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you feeling about the team as a whole on paper at this
4: point? Yeah, you know, it's real interesting when you look at the history of the football club over the last 20 years. A third winning season in a row is very difficult to to come by and uh, difficult for this franchise to, to attain. It's been since uh, 2003 that they were able to pull off three consecutive winning seasons in a row. So uh, it's always a struggle. In the off season, when you're when you're good after two years in a row, because so many of your players want raises and they want you know some sort of uh, promotional status and in their involvement on the football team, so it's a difficult challenge to keep all your good players and get to the next level as well. But I think uh, they've done a pretty good job in terms of you know retaining the the key cogs they have, and obviously uh, with the signing and uh, announcement we saw today, they're still addressing things defensively which uh i was a little bit surprised wasn't a bigger focus in the off season but like i said it's never too late to continue adding players and coaches uh to to get in front of uh some defensive problems we were able we were watching last year
1: hey doug thanks for talking about a football of course the focus now for a while is going to be on hockey are you excited about the jets
4: yeah, you know, it's not one of those things. Not one of those years where they sneak into the playoffs and everybody's just, you know, thankful about the opportunity. Uh, you know, anytime you have a, a playoff caliber team that, you know, is really a, a serious contender to do some damage, um, can be uh, could be quite an exciting time here in Winnipeg. Yep. Uh, watching these guys if they can play to their capabilities, so it should be a lot of fun. Doug, thank you, pal. All right, my friend. Good talking to you.
1: That is Big Bird, Doug Brown, number 97. And uh, we are going to talk a little Jets on the show here today where you may want to go and watch the Jets in the playoffs. And actually, uh, we're going to talk about Jets tickets in just a bit here with Global News reporter Christian O'Mell after a break. But let me talk a little bit about this uh, sex manual. This thing, when it was uh, just out, 300 years ago, back in 1720, a sex manual from 1720. uh, It was banned because of the shocking content it has sold at auction. And it's uh, called Aristotle's Masterpiece Completed in Two Parts. The first containing the secrets of generation, contains a range of bizarre advice. And I thought it might be kind of funny to uh, take a look at some of the Advice in this 300-year-old sex manual. Uh, It says that uh, during sex, women should, and here's a quote, earnestly look upon the man and fix her mind upon him. And if you do that, ladies, they say the child will resemble the father. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is 300-year-old stuff. I mean, imagine. Imagine what some of the stuff in this book was like from 300 years ago, right? I'm obviously giving you the toned-down stuff here. But, yeah, apparently if you look, ladies, in your man's eyes, the baby will resemble the father, apparently. I thought this was sort of interesting. After sex, if you want a girl, after sex, the... Prospective mother should lie on her left if she wants a girl. You want a girl, after sex, you lie on your left. If you want a boy, you lie on your right. Now, this is more like those wives' tales and stuff, right? Because there's a bunch of, uh, you know, they say, what is it now? They say if a woman is pregnant and she's carrying high, like if her tummy is very high, the baby's very high, that means a boy, I think. I think that's sort of the belief, but I'm not sure. Anyhow, I just thought this was sort of interesting. A 300-year-old sex manual. Uh, Oh, it says, don't rush off. It says, uh, I'll read the exact words. When they have done what nature can require, a man must have a care he does not part too soon from the embraces of his wife. In other words, guys, stick around for a little while, right? Snuggle, chat, cuddle, have a conversation. Some things don't change in 300 years. Isn't that interesting, eh? Well, anyhow, they auctioned this thing off. Uh, I don't have the exact number, but apparently it went crazy. And, um, yeah, the person who bought it, And they're not saying who it is. The person wants to remain anonymous. They say they were drawn to the book's focus on pre-modern medicine. Well, I don't know. The few little excerpts that I have there, I would not call medicine in any way. Pre or post or whatever. But I did find it sort of interesting. The way they uh, describe some of this stuff in a once-banned Georgian Sex Manual. Let's take a break. 142 when we come back. Christian O'Mell will be here. We're going to talk Jets tickets next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. All right, Christian O'Meara is here at 147. We're going to talk about uh, Jets tickets. The uh, Blue Jays uh, in a bit of hot water uh, recently for uh, profiting off the resale
5: or scalping of their tickets, but the Jets are are not having any part of that. Correct. So to refresh about the Blue Jays, they have a deal with StubHub, which is basically the third-party reseller. Mm -hmm. They have an official deal with MLB. Right. And the Toronto Blue Jays just signing on to this about, I think last year, it just came out this week or two ago. Mm-hmm. An investigation found that they were getting a cut of all these tickets that were being scalped. A big part of this investigation, which was done by the Toronto Star and the, the CBC, they looked at the tickets to opening day, which is always a sellout in Toronto. Right. And almost half of them were posted for sale online yeah. and selling for way more than face value. Uh, to a game on a Tuesday afternoon, probably not going to be as much of a deal yeah. because fewer people are going to see these games. Uh, we talked to Kevin Donnelly of True North uh, earlier today about his take on why a team like Toronto would be interested in doing that.
6: Lots of sports franchises have relationships with brokers and they're feeding tickets to the brokers and then allowing them to sell them. And there's a couple reasons why you do that. It allows you to put tickets on a discounted level out there without you taking the heat for it so there's you know there there are lots of examples of why sports teams that have too much inventory and not enough demand would want to use a discount service to get some tickets out there.
5: Now, too much inventory, not enough demand is not a problem for the Winnipeg Jets. It's a bigger thing for a a baseball team or a football team. Jets only seat 15,000, and there's a big demand for that. And, of course, playoff tickets coming up soon. The Jays are in demand for that opening day, and and then after that. Well, if they're good again in the fall, it'll happen. But I don't don't know about that. But anyway, the Jets, the way they do it, if they want – you to resell a ticket is through something called Seed Exchange. It's run by Ticketmaster, who is by no means a clean entity at all. They've faced some legal troubles before with how they've treated customers. But how that works is if you're a seasoned ticket holder and you want to sell your ticket, you put it on there, you get charged a small commission, but you can sell it at face value, the walk-up value. Because mm-hmm. if you're a seasoned ticket holder, you're not paying walk-up value for that ticket. You're getting a cheaper deal because you're buying so many of them. Right. So they can get a profit off that Mm -hmm. and the fan knows that it's guaranteed legit tick it's a legit ticket and uh donnelly talked about why that's so valuable for them
6: this is a legitimate guaranteed port where you can get a ticket any other reseller site you are not guaranteed that that's an actual valid ticket so we've made this service available we encourage people to use it if you're looking to sell or purchase tickets for an individual game it guarantees your ticket is valid and that is really the biggest bone of contention we have with the resale market is that there's bad actors out there and they're selling fraudulent tickets and the consumer has no way to know if what they're buying is legitimate or not i would not be exaggerating if i told you every single event we do every single event we do we have somebody that has bought us a ticket from an unauthorized reseller site and shows up, and the ticket is invalid.
5: In my life, I've used StubHub a number of times, yeah. and I've never had a problem. Yeah. But that does exist where people do get ripped off. Yeah. And I, I mean,
1: don't think... I, I, and I, now, you did the story, so you tell me. I don't think it's so much organizations like StubHub. It's more like... Hey, I got two jets tickets, and you find them on Kijiji. say, sure. for example, yeah, StubHub is a when lot he says more it verified. Happens, yeah, when
5: he says it happens every night, I guarantee it's yes. a situation like that. A Kijiji yeah. or a cl- some kind of classified right. exchange good. StubHub is yeah. pretty reliable, mm-hmm. and something like SeatGeek as well. That's how I ended up going to a Vikings game last yeah. year. So they have those measures in place. You can go through Seat Exchange, mm-hmm. and if you're looking at tickets to the playoffs coming up, yeah. I think there's about twelve hundred or so that are general. Sales that are going to be able because so many season ticket holders are obviously yeah. going to be going and the cool thing is they can't jack up the price under this jet system right. too. So walk up is the max yeah. that they can charge you for this They can't say like you would on stump Hub. actually if you go on stump Hub right now Even though they don't know when they're playing or who they're playing you can get game one to five or yeah those seven tickets and it starts at 300 U.S., and these are up in the nosebleeds. Really? So that's the markup you're facing if you don't get a ticket when they go on sale 10 a.m. next no. Tuesday or through the seed exchange. Like you said, there is a a cap, but mm. it's going to go really quick Yeah. because of, you know, this so is going to be a hot ticket. There
1: are actually Winnipeg Jets playoff tickets on StubHub right
5: now? You can go on there, type in Winnipeg Jets, and yeah. So I think it's more so the idea of buying it because, again, the time hasn't been announced, the date hasn't been announced, the opponent hasn't been announced, and season ticket holders have not yet acquired Mm -hmm. those tickets. They don't have them in their hand, I don't believe. So So nothing stops somebody
1: from trying to sell Jets tickets on, say, a StubHub. This this, uh, thing you talked to Donnelly about today, the Jets uh, system of doing it, there are other
5: ways to sell tickets, but this is the way the Jets would like you to do it, That's right? exactly it. Yeah. Th- there's nothing stopping a season ticket holder from putting his ticket on Stop Hub, mm-hmm. from going down to Portage of Maine and saying 500 bucks for the first taker. Yeah, There's nothing stopping them from doing that. I know the government, I think last year in their throne speech, said something about trying to work to get a new legislation done for scalping. Yeah. And Donnelly talked about how they want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So far, we haven't seen anything on the table because I know that they would love nothing more than to make sure that everything goes through their channels, right? right? They want to control the market and that— Well, the nice thing about the
1: Jets uh, seed exchange program is that as a buyer, you know know you're getting getting a legit ticket. You're not overpaying. You know, I mean, that's the way—if you're a buyer, that's definitely the way to go.
5: Yeah, and it's going to be tough, you know, to get your hands on a ticket— at a fair value when it comes to the playoffs. We've seen that before in this city. You can go to any other place where there's not a lot of tickets available, especially in this case where Mm -hmm. it's a smaller venue size. Mm -hmm. I know I got lucky a couple years ago when I just moved here, it was about two weeks before the playoffs, and so I bought a ticket to Game Three. I was lucky because yeah. I was able to get on because I that knew that there were no tickets available. Nah, they sold out very fast, and I was lucky to get my hands on one. And mm-hmm. now I have a press pass, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you're now, lucky. Yeah, it's good. But I know that you're right. It, give it, you know, the day of the playoff game, whether yeah. it's Wednesday or Thursday of next week, you're you can go on StubHub. I bet, mm. and you can find tickets yeah. for that game for hundreds of dollars above face yeah. value.
1: Well, and then there will be people out there more my age, Christian, and mm-hmm. they will remember the first incarnation of the big sure. Jets and the shady guys that were outside the doors going, hey, right over here, buddy, what do you want? Oh, you
5: want a seat now? Hey, hell, how are you? I mean, they were everywhere back in the day. Yeah, there are definitely not as many of those no. around the uh, MTS or Bell MTS place. Mm-hmm. You, go to, uh, you go to the Jays, though. Oh, sure. Trust me, there's yeah. still lots of people Buy tickets, tickets. Yeah. I want your tickets. And that's code for I have tickets, I want to mm-hmm. sell you. Because they can't t- They can't say that yeah. I'm selling you tickets. Right. Because that's illegal, but yeah. it's kind of a, you know, turn your head kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyhow, it's, th- it's the business. I
1: like what the Jets are trying to do with this. <laughs> yeah. I, r- I really do. And I it's think this makes thing. a lot of sense. This, yeah.
5: Every team has a mm-hmm. a seat exchange set up. Yeah. So that season ticket holders can resell their tickets yeah. and it's verified. Right. And. For the Jets, it's great because there's a demand. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Sabres... You can probably walk up to the ticket booth. And <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry okay. about it. Yeah. All right. Kristen O'Mell, thank you very
1: much. Uh, Kristen O'Mell, Global News reporter. And uh, we'll have actually uh, more details on uh, this story, if you want, at the website, cgob.com, Tristan Field-Jones will the news at 2 o'clock here in just a bit. I'm sure that will be one of those stories he will have as well if you joined our conversation late and you want to find out all about this. All right. So on the show, still to come. After Global News at 2 with TFJ, we're going to talk to Eric Castleman at the Park Theater. They, speaking of the Jets, they will be on the big screen in the playoffs at the Park Theater. You may want to go to the Park Theater. And what's the bar service? Munchies? Big screen? Why not? We'll find out all about it. And also coming up after 2 o'clock at around 2.15, tough trivia. Your chance to win home and garden show tickets and a gift certificate uh, certificate for Santa Lucia pizza. So please keep it right here on CJOB. It is Hal Anderson. It's
0: minus 12, but feels like minus 18 at 680 CJOB. And now back to Hal Anderson. Go Jets, go!
1: Go Jets, go! go, jets, go! Ah, yes. Go Jets, go! We'll soon all be yelling that as we get ready for our Jets in the playoffs and joining us on the phone now from the park theater on south osborne eric castleman eric welcome thank you thanks for having me on yeah thanks for coming on and uh i think this is a great idea for those people that maybe can't be at bell mts place to watch a game you know uh and uh, they don't want to sit at home and watch alone or with the family they can head to the park theater tell us about this
7: yeah absolutely i mean we did it uh Four years ago when they were in the playoffs, it was a ton of fun. We had tons of people out, and, I mean, there's nothing better than a hockey game with your community, with your friends and family, with fans. Uh, And it just was a really great, fun experience with lots of excitement and lots of go Jets go constantly. Yeah, and you're encouraging people to wear white? Always, yes, absolutely. Bring your pride. Wear white. Uh, Jets are going to win, so let's go for the cup, right? Yeah. Hopefully,
1: you have more games this time around, right? I mean, it didn't. Uh, it didn't last very long uh, last time the Jets were there in the playoffs. Hopefully, this year is different. Yeah, absolutely.
7: I mean, the unfortunate thing is it just didn't take the turn that it should have taken. But this time we got a much better team on the ice, and the, I mean, it's an exciting team. Yeah. Coaching's doing well. The, I mean, could we ask for a better goalie at the moment? I mean, no. everything's rolling the right way right now, so it's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Of course, you can you know have the munchies there at the park theater. Or you're even going to have bar service. How big is that screen, by the way?
7: It's a 24-foot uh, high-definition screen, so it is going to be large. It will be like being at the game. It's going to be such a great experience, and I put in a brand-new laser projector recently, so cool. it is ultra clear, and it's going to be amazing.
1: Excellent. Now, obviously, if the Jets go deep into the playoffs and, hey, I don't want to jinx anything, but maybe even end up in that final and, who knows, win Lord Stanley's Cup – how far out have you been able to keep holes in the schedule? Because obviously Park Theatre is a busy place. You've got other stuff, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, it was it's tough because we're doing 300-plus events a year as it is. So I tried to hold as many holes as possible and book around what I anticipated to be the schedule if they make it as far as they can. But it's honestly going to be hit and miss how many games we can actually get onto the screen. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the unfortunate thing, it is scheduled to be announced. Um we hope to have all the games all the way through to the finals there and in the Stanley Cup, which, of course, we're going to win. There you um, go. Uh, but, yeah, um, as many games as we can possibly show, we're going to show.
1: Cool. And I guess the best advice would be just double-check with the Park Theatre, you guys there at the Park Theatre, and make sure the game's on the big screen.
7: Yeah, absolutely. You can go to our website at myparktheater.com or give us a call here at the Park Theatre, and we'll be happy to share our enthusiasm and our schedule.
1: Eric, thanks a lot. Great idea. Have fun with it.
7: Wonderful. Thanks very much, Hal. Go, Jets,
1: go. Go, Jets, go. Yes, Eric Castleman at the Park Theater. Um, There will be more on this starting just before 4 o'clock when you start hearing business here on CGOB with the news with Richard Kluche and Julie Buckingham. But right now, the Dow is down over 600 points. Amazon not having a very good day. And, of course, part of the problem here is, in the U.S., anyhow... There are lots of uh, fears of a trade war, and uh, like I said, more when the business news begins here on CJOB just before 4 o'clock with Richard and Julie on the news. I read earlier what today is, and uh, one of the things— Uh, for today is the White House Easter Egg Roll, and I promised I would have more on that for you.
2: Welcome to the 2018 White House Easter Egg
5: Roll. Standing on the Truman Balcony with the First Lady and the Easter Bunny, the president greeted thousands gathered on a wet south lawn and quickly segued to the
2: economy. This is a special year. Uh, our country is doing great. And also
5: praised military funding before heading down to the lawn with the First Lady. Ready, set. Where he watched part of the egg roll with
3: son Baron, and then sat down to make cards with kids. Sagar Magani at the White House.
1: <laughs> Do you imagine your kid making a card, an Easter card with Donald Trump? I'm surprised that Melania was there for the picture with Donald and the bunny. Oh, oh, the Easter bunny. Okay, sorry. That kind of bunny. Gotcha. All right. Happy Easter. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back. It's 2.09. Hal Anderson on CJOB. All right, we are yeah, we're giving away now with tough trivia. Tickets for the Home and Garden Show, Thursday to Sunday at the RBC Convention Center And we're going to toss in as well a GC. That's how the kids say it. Hey, you want a GC for Santa Lucia pizza? It's a gift certificate. Santa Lucia pizza. So home and garden tickets and some ZA. All right. By the way, uh, this weekend, my weekend show will feature in studio two HGTV celebrities that will be at the home and garden show. So make sure you tune in Saturday and again on Sunday morning between 6 and 9 for Hal Anderson Weekends. We're going to have uh, Todd Talbot on. He is on Love It or List at Vancouver. And we're going to also have Tiffany Pratt in. She's the with the red hair. She's on uh, Home to Win. They'll both be in studio on Hal Anderson Weekends this weekend. Home and Garden Show this weekend, Thursday to Sunday at the RBC Convention Center. All right, here is our tough trivia question. Get it right and you win that easy 204 780 2047806868 a study finds that people born after 1980 will do this over 25,000 times in a lifetime if you're if you were born before ni- uh, sorry if you were born after 1980 let me get this straight start again If you were born after 1980, you will do this 25,000 times in your lifetime. Do what? 204-780-6868. Hi, have you got a guess? Hello? Hello? Nobody there. They're there, but they're not talking. Hi, CGOB.
8: Check their uh, cell phone.
1: Check their cell phone. No, no. Hi, CGOB. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. That is an answer for just about every tough trivia question, but it is incorrect. No. Hi, CJOB. Hello? Hi, floss your teeth? Not floss your teeth. No. Hello, CJOB. Sneeze? Sneeze, did you say? Yeah. No, not sneeze. Uh Uh-uh. Hi, CJOB.
6: Take a bath.
1: Take a bath. No, it's not take a bath. If you were born after 1980, you will do this... Over 25,000 times in your lifetime, according to a study. For home and garden show tickets and a gift certificate for Santa Lucia pizza, 780-6868. Hi, CGOB. Hi,
4: is it send an email?
1: No, it's not send an email. No. Hi, CGOB. Go on a date. Not go on a date, no. Hi, have you got a guess? Put your seatbelt on. Not put your seatbelt on. Oh, whoa whoa, 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 Sorry about that. Hi, CJOB. Take the selfie. According to a study, if you were born after 1980, you will 25,000 times in your lifetime take a selfie. Yes.
8: Oh, my goodness. Woohoo.
1: <laughs> yes. Good for you. I thought that might go on a little while. Good for you. What's your name? My name is Sue. Sue, so you've got those home and garden show tickets. Awesome. Home and garden show happening Thursday to Sunday at the RBC Convention Center. And uh, you've got a gift certificate for some Santa Lucia pizza as well. Oh, perfect. Thank yeah. you very much. You bet. I'm going to put you on hold here, and Jeff Forci is going to get you all signed up for that. We'll do it again tomorrow. More home and garden show tickets tomorrow and more gift certificates uh, for Santa Lucia pizza. By the way, uh, a pair of tickets today... Uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, and then I think on Thursday we have four tickets for the Home and Garden Show to give away on, on Thursday. So try and win them before then, but if you are still looking to win some tickets Thursday Thursdays here, just know there will be four tickets up for grabs. All right, there you go. Tough trivia out of the way for today. Uh, Mike Conkin is going to join us after Global News at two thirty. We got to keep talking about this cold weather. I mean, this is this is cra- this isn't record breaking uh, temperatures, but it's getting pretty close. You know, like as you look at the uh, overnight low tonight, clear and minus twenty one, wind chill close to minus thirty tonight. Come on, I mean, this is crazy. It's April second. Now it could be snow. And we're not getting the snow here. My mom's getting snow in southern Alberta. we get got snow south of us. We're getting snow all over the place, but we are not getting any snow here, which is, I guess, kind of good news. I don't like the cold, but I'd rather have cold than snow. Uh, box office. I told you earlier that Ready Player One was the number one movie at the weekend box office. $41.2 million on the weekend. This is a Steven Spielberg film. Kind of a virtual reality film. Apparently, it's pretty good. Uh, Ready Player One, number one. Let me give you the uh, top five here. We'll go from number five up. All right, so you know number one. Ready Player One. In at number five, Pacific Rim Uprising, $9.2 million. I can only imagine is the number four movie. This has been hanging in the top five for quite a while now. It looks really good. And I have been told at home that we are going to see this movie in the theater. I can only imagine $10.8 million in the number four spot. Black Panther, hanging in there. Number three, $11.3 million for Black Panther on the weekend. And in North America, in Canada and the U.S., Black Panther is now the number one superhero movie of all time. It has made more money... In North America than any other superhero movie. Over 600 million bucks. Lots of money. And number two. I know nothing about the number two movie. I'm not sure it's even open here in Winnipeg. Tyler Perry's Acrimony. $17.1 million. Here's the funny thing about Tyler Perry. And then I'll just again mention that Ready Player One number one with $41.2 million. But Tyler Perry's Acrimony. 17.1 million in second spot. He has a lot of movies that do really well. He rarely has a stinker. Usually they're not number one and big, huge money makers, but he is consistently making movies that make good money. And that's quite a talent in Hollywood. So no wonder this guy continues to do very well in the movie biz. Okay. I told you earlier at the start of the show that there was talk of a third installment of a movie that you may or may not be excited about them bringing back. Bill and Ted 3. Bill and Ted 3 could finally happen for Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. It's been nearly 30 years since Ted, that's Keanu, and Alex, Bill, started their insane teenage Time traveling antics in 1989's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures and Excellent Adventure and 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure. But Reeves, who is now 53, it's been 30 years, remember, and Winter, who is 52, say they are closer than ever to making a third film with a script titled Bill and Ted Face the Music. From original screenwriters Chris Matheson, and Ed Solomon. Here's the story, apparently, if they do a Bill and Ted 3. Face the Music, that's what it would be called, Face the Music story would spring from the end of Excellent Adventure when futuristic mentor Rufus, played by George Carlin, remember, told the duo that they would write music that would turn the world into a utopia. This hasn't happened yet. Um... And uh, we'll see if, uh, in fact, that is uh, is what happens. Are you excited at all about that? Are you a Bill & Ted fan from 30 years ago? Do you think a Bill & Ted 3 would do well? Yes or no? 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB.com. And then we might as well uh, talk about this, I guess. It sort of uh, ties into this. It wouldn't be on the big screen. It would be on the small screen. But guess what sitcom they're talking about bringing back. Yep. Thank you for being
9: a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Apparently
1: they would bring back the Golden Girls. It's going to be a gay take on the Golden Girls. It's not a done deal yet. It's been picked up for development, so it could still fall apart. But this new comedy series um, could be given the go-ahead. It would be called, possibly, Silver Foxes. And it would follow four gay men living in Palm Springs, California. Like I said, it's been picked up for development by the Turner Broadcasting-owned production company, Super Deluxe. This is all according to Variety. The show has direct Golden Girls ties, by the way. Screenwriters Stan Zimmerman and James Berg were the co-writers on a number of episodes of that classic sitcom, The Golden Girls, which ran from 1985 to 1992. Not a lot of details, but apparently they could bring out this gay take on The Golden Girls. And this kind of falls under that category I was talking about the other day. It's a classic leave it alone. I I realize it's not the same actors and actresses in this case, and probably going to be called something different, but I don't know. You know, kind of, when it's a classic like that, maybe just let it rest in peace. I don't know. Just a thought. What do you think? 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB.com. Should we take a look at uh, celebrity birthdays here? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Emmylou Harris is having a birthday today. She is 71. She's a great singer, fantastic singer. Uh, Also having a birthday today, Billy Dean, country singer Billy Dean is 56. Did I mention that uh, Emmylou Harris is 71? I don't think I mentioned her age. Also, having a birthday today, Michael Fassbender. He is 41. He's a pretty good actor. Lee Dwee, Lee Dwee, uh, DeWise? Lee DeWise. I mentioned him because that was when I was watching American Idol. As soon as I saw his name, I remembered him. He was on American Idol back in the day, 32. And apparently, a lot of people are watching the new American Idol. Oh, that's what I hear, anyhow. And one more here, and that'll lead us into a song. Karen Jane Woodward. Do you have any idea who that is, Karen Jane Woodward? She is a member of Bananarama, and she is 57. Tristan Field-Jones is standing by. Global News at 2.30 is next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. very much, Tristan Field Jones. 233. I haven't read any of your uh, text messages really yet today. Let's do that. You can always text me while I'm on the air here, 204-780-6868. I'd prefer to chat if you want to call. 204-780-6868. But I will read your text messages. I will read your emails as well. Hal at cgob.com. Back to Bill and Ted 3. Are you excited if that was to happen? Trish says, Hal, I have been waiting for Bill and Ted 3, it seems like, forever. I would go and see it for sure. So there you go. Uh, The numbers are in. One person, Trish, is excited about about the chances of Bill and Ted uh, getting a third movie. There you go. Uh, Another one here. Gary says, Hal, just curious. Al Simmons is doing his uh, charity show this week, I think wonder if Fred Penner will join them on stage and do some of their acts when they played together in a band called Cornstalk in the late 1970s. I have never heard that before. I, I'm, I mean, I obviously figured they knew each other, but I did not know they played in a band together in the late 70s called Cornstalk. And yes, you're right, Gary. That uh, show with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra is happening on Sunday. Sunday, Al Simmons, Centennial Concert Hall. Tickets are 25 bucks. I checked. And, of course, remember, Al Simmons had that big fire, right? And I think at the time he said he figured he lost about 99% of his props. And they had a GoFundMe page set up for Al so that he could, you know, rebuild some of this stuff. And I went and looked, and their goal was $40,000. It's been shut down. They hit and then surpassed their goal. They ended up with $52,000 for Al. So that's phenomenal. Wow. And then, yes, uh, WSO and Al Simmons, this weekend, Centennial Concert Hall on Sunday. So thank you very much, Gary. And I'm going to see if we can find some cornstalk. Hmm. Never heard that before. But thank you for uh for letting me know. And I will uh do some checking on that. All right. Uh joining us on the phone right now to chat about the weather is global new uh global weather specialist, Mike Konkin. Hello, Mike. Welcome back and joining Oh oh I was trying to cheat there. Uh, I, let me, uh, we'll take, we'll do that in a bit. I'm not going to do that right now. Um, we'll, uh, (laughs) I talked earlier with, uh, Mike Conkin and I was going to try and cheat there and pretend it was live and it's not, but, uh, we'll do that a little later on. Uh, we'll do that in about 10 minutes. Okay. I'll have that for you. Hey, um, couple things today in history. I mentioned what today is. It's a bunch of stuff. And, uh, also on this day in 1956, As the World Turns debuted on TV. My mom was really into The Edge of Night. That was also in 1956. It debuted in 1956, The Edge of Night. Dallas debuted on TV on this day in 1978. Uh, Also on this day in 1978, Velcro was first put on the market. Thought that was kind of interesting, Velcro. You know, kind of a huge product now, so many uses. Aluminum was patented on this day in 1889. So obviously, a lot of uh, television debuts on this day and uh, interesting uh, inventions, aluminum and Velcro. And then there were some deaths on this day as well. In 2005, Pope John Paul II died. In 1998, Rob... Uh, From Millie Vanilli, died in a hotel room in Frankfurt, Germany. John Gotti, remember that name? Mobster John Gotti. 1992, he was convicted in New York of murder and racketeering. He was later sentenced to life in prison, uh, where he ended up dying. And I don't know about you, but back in the day, Kenny Rogers had some great songs, right? The Gambler... Uh, Islands in the Stream. That was one that he did with uh, Dolly Parton that I played my first radio. Talked about this last week, I think, that I, my country station that I worked at while I was going to college in Lethbridge, Alberta it was called CJOC. And then here I am at CJOB today. But anyhow, uh, one letter off. Uh, I played uh, Kenny Rogers and uh, Dolly Parton, Islands in the Stream. That was right around the time I started in radio back in the early to mid 80s. But anyhow, um, Kenny Rogers had some great tunes back in the day, phenomenal tunes. And it was on this day, today, in 1977, that this particular song right here peaked at number one. You know which uh, Kenny Rogers song it was? 1977, April 2nd, number one, Lucille by Kenny Rogers. We'll take some of this. Good song.
10: In a bar in Toledo, across from the depot, on a bar stool, she took off a ring. I thought I'd get closer, so I walked on over. I sat down and asked her her name. When the drinks finally hit her, she said, I'm no quitter finally quit living on dreams I'm hungry for laughter And here ever after I'm after whatever The other life brings In the mirror I saw him And I closely watched him I thought how he looked out of place He came to the woman Sat there beside me He had a strange look on his face Now his big hands were calloused He looked like a mountain For a minute I thought I was dead But he started shaking His big heart was breaking And he turned to the woman and said you picked fine time to leave me, Lucille. Four hungry kids. With four hungry children.
1: Crops in the field.
10: I've had some bad times, lived through some sad times, but this time the you hurt won't heal. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille.
1: All right, there you go. Kenny Rogers, Lucille, number one on this day in 1977. I, that was just, to me, that was, those were some great, and sing-along songs. Sorry I had to belt out a line or two there, but that's uh, that's uh, good stuff, I think. Hey, Stephen is on the phone wanting to talk about Cornstalk. This is this band, apparently, from the late 70s that Al Simmons and, uh, Fred Penner played in. Let's see what uh, Stephen's got for us. Stephen, do you know about this?
6: Yeah. Hi, Hal. Hi. Um, I, uh Robbie King played in the band as well. He, his dad was a band leader in town. I can't remember his dad's name. And A no. uh, uh, friend of mine, uh, I haven't seen him for quite a while, Norm Andréa was a bass player in the band. Huh. And they were kind of like a comedy rock band. they had a little bit of uh, humor and whatever. to, to Interesting. Act. Well, today's the,
1: today's the first day I've,
6: I've even heard of it. Yeah, I, I kind of laughed when I heard it. I thought, well, i better give you a call. Yeah,
1: go. no, I appreciate yeah. you calling up. Actually, thanks a lot for the call, Stephen. I appreciate it. we got to head to a break here, and uh, Jeff Forche, the producer of this show, has actually found us some corn stock. Let's roll it out here.
9: Hey, good looking.
1: What
9: you got cooking? Out about cooking?
1: Cornstalk, Al Simmons, and Fred Penner. We'll be back with Mike Konkin in just a bit here. at Hal Anderson on CJOB at 2.42 on a Monday.
10: covered
9: <laughs> <laughs>
1: But still. Minus 14. That should not be happening on April 2nd. Just saying. Hey, I got a nice email from Alice out in uh, Beau's And Alice, I will get in touch with you about uh, your dinner theater out there. But she has a request, and I thought, well, I'll put it out on the air, because that usually works really well. They have this uh, uh, dinner theater out in Beaux, and this year they're doing The Bold, The Young, and The Murdered. It's kind of a fun uh, murder mystery and it's on the set of a soap opera that's kind of the setting and they're looking for an old television camera old video camera of some kind it would just doesn't need to work or anything it just a prop it would just sit on the stage on a tripod and so old and dusty is fine if anybody's got something like that get a hold of me and i'll pass the info on to alice okay old tv camera or video camera that sits on a tripod that they can borrow 204 780 6868 hal at all right back to the weather so this morning i chatted with mike conkin global uh weather specialist mike conkin about this cold and i was giving him the gears about the cold i was saying come on man this is crazy wind chills approaching minus 30 at
3: night this is
1: nuts And uh, here's my conversation with Mike.
3: Well, Hal, just a beautiful day in Manitoba. That's all. Sun is shining. Winds are light. Beautiful day out there.
1: You know, it is beautiful. You're right about that. But this is too cold. We're into April now. Come on.
3: Uh, It's true. We don't see this a whole lot. This is a little atypical to be this cold and certainly for this long. You actually do have to look back. Uh, a number of years before you can find something that's kind of comparable. We've hit minus 20 before, which is what we're going to be falling to or falling to around that temperature tonight. It's not going to be a record setter, though. Uh, But we hit minus 20 back in 2014. But you have to go to about 2013 to actually find an extended stretch with temperatures staying below minus 15 for a number of days, at least overnight. And actually back in 1997, I know everybody likes to talk about that year as far as good weather goes, (laughs) uh, there were six days in a row where it dropped to minus 15, and then you can extend it for a number of other days to uh, nine where temperatures routinely drop below minus 10. But it is, yes, a very cold start to the month of April for us. How much
1: longer? How much longer is the cold going to hang around?
3: Uh, Well... The cold is really going to be with us all week. Today, tonight will be the worst of it this week as far as our lowest temperatures that uh, we deal with. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, we're going to be below normal for a while. Wednesday will likely be our warmest day where we get close to, but probably not quite to uh, the freezing mark. And then this weekend will probably be our next best shot at getting up to around zero. But generally speaking, we're going to see cooler temperatures but we get a lot in the way of sunshine there's a lot of snow that's still out there over towards the rocky Mountains. snowfall warnings still in place south of the border winter storm warnings over towards the east side of the great lakes more winter storm warnings for a whole lot of snow and for freezing rain so we're we're missing quite a bit of very active weather we're just getting a lot of cooler temperatures uh instead
1: yeah i'm glad you brought up the snow because i was talking to my mom in southern alberta and she is just hating the fact that they're going to Uh, get more snow. And and really, I think if we were to talk to most people, most people would take the cold over the snow. It's just a little tough to take when we're into the month of April.
3: Oh, I totally get it. But the nice thing is by not getting this snow, it will make it easier for us to warm up. As the snow melts, it allows the sun, uh, the heat from the sun to actually be absorbed by the ground and actually start to warm up the area around us. So if we were to get another five, ten centimeters of snow before we can really start to warm up, we got to melt that all, uh, all at itself. So we're we're kind of ahead of the game. Once we can finally get into some warmer air, we're actually ahead of the game to start uh, actually warming up here around the prairie. So I'm I'm gonna take this for now rather than have the big snowy setback.
1: And I will take it as well. Hey, listen, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Unlike other shows on this radio station, maybe one that follows this radio show, uh, I don't blame you you are the messenger <laughs> you are only the messenger and i appreciate you telling us all about the weather it's not your fault
3: uh, i appreciate you saying that how <laughs> i'm happy to do this anytime
1: global weather specialist mike conkin let me just say it is horrible what they do to him on that show mike will join them starting at four o'clock here on cgov <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm messing around. I do feel bad sometimes when weather people get blamed for the weather, though. That's it's not right. Hey, Peggy is on the phone wanting to talk about, it says garden here. I imagine she wants to talk about, I'm looking for a partner in produce. Here's my deal. I've got lots of land, and I'm thinking I want to do a big garden, but I don't have the time. I don't have the talent to uh, properly uh, grow things, and so I'm, I'm thinking I'll... Get the garden set up, I'll buy the seeds, I'll get everything. I'm just looking for a green thumb to kind of take care of stuff, and then we'll share. And maybe we'll even grow another we can give to some to win a pig harvest. That's what I'm thinking. Let me see if Peggy is a potential partner in produce here. Hello, Peggy. Uh, good afternoon. How, how are you? Good. Excellent. Are you a green thumb? Are you good at growing things?
8: Yes, I am. Excellent. Actually, um do you know where emo is? Yes. You do now because I told you where it was.
1: No, Emo Ontario, right?
8: Mm-hmm. Yes, I know remember Emo. You were asking a request?
1: Right over where by where Emo was? Oh no. No, well, I was looking why don't for you have
8: to go back in the ar- in your archive.
1: Okay. No, I don't remember asking. Well, I about... was
8: the lady that phoned you and told you where Emo was.
1: Okay. Well when was that?
8: Um, that was quite a while ago. Yeah. We had a uh, wedding due out there. Oh,
1: that's years ago. My goodness, mm-hmm. yes. But anyhow. And I'm still uh,
8: listening. Okay, <laughs> well, let,
1: and I appreciate that. So let's get to today's subject. You're going to help me with my garden, or you You think you might be very able very to? I would much
8: love to. I, I myself go to harvest.
1: Yeah.
8: Um, We're on low budget income. Yeah. And if there's a way I can help harvest out, because they've been helping me out, more than you'll know. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're
1: crying. No, you, no, nothing wrong with that. You know what, Peggy? They do such wonderful work over at Winnipeg Harvest. They and, do it, uh, and
8: I don't have money to donate. Yeah. And if I can do it through you, I would
1: love to do it. Wow. Well, and I you've also got to... live
8: in the South End
1: yeah you've got a kind heart. I'll tell you what I'm gonna get Jeff to get your information, your phone number off air and and okay. we and we will talk, but that's exactly what I was kind of thinking I, I obviously would like to enjoy some produce myself, oh, but I thought if I th- we would too yeah but I, I got thought-
8: families in here that are are in
1: need, to Yeah. But I thought, hey, if we can grow enough and give some to Winnipeg. I've actually, oh, yeah. my, my plan one day, I'll tell you what my plan one day is, Peggy. I'm hoping, because I've got a couple acres at my place that isn't really getting used. And I Wait. drive by it every day, and I think, oh. It's a shame that that land is not being it's used. I would love to find, you know, a farmer or an organization, a church group or something.
8: I'm not an I'm no, not an no, organization I'm, you and
1: I we're just talking about a little garden. I'm just saying in my mind I'd love to do something with that 2 acres where we could take truckloads of food over to Winnipeg yeah. harvest. That's what I'd like to do. But you and yeah. I will talk off the air and we'll see if we can work something out for a little garden this year, okay?
8: Why don't we try that first and then see if it goes? Yeah. We need a rototiller? tiller.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take you know, care of all that stuff. Like I'll make that. sure I'll make sure you have everything you need to get it done. As long as you've got a green thumb, that's what I'm looking for. I do,
8: I do, and I okay. live right on the riverbank. I live close to Ron Paul.
1: Excellent. Well, listen, I'm up against the news here, Peggy. I'm going to put you on hold. Jeff's going to get your info and I'll give you a call. Okay.
8: Okay. Thank all you. All
1: right. Damn. That's, uh, you know, I'll tell you something, boy, when you can get that kind of emotion out of people, you know, who have been helped by organizations like Winnipeg Harvest and and stuff, it's just, you know, it's so simple. Some of this stuff is so simple if we just think about it and try and and give, you know, and that's why right there, that's an example of why you help out an organization like Winnipeg Harvest. Global News at 3 o'clock with Tristan Field-Jones is coming right up. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. 204-780-6868. Text or call that number, hal at cjob.com. Love getting your emails. My inbox is always open, hal at cjob.com. So uh, my wife did not watch uh, the first episode of the reboot of Roseanne the other night. I did. And told her it was good. And so we ended up buying it on iTunes so she could watch it. And that kind of gets me into this next story. These ratings numbers for the new Roseanne show continue to grow. Take a listen. The numbers are much bigger than previously
3: thought.
8: And Jackie thinks every girl should grow up and be
1: president.
3: 18.5 million people watched the premiere of Roseanne last Tuesday night at another 6.6 million in the first three days after the debut. And that's a record. No other show has ever grabbed that many eyeballs three days after its initial airing. That means by Friday of last week, more than 25 million people had checked out the Roseanne Return. We'll see how many people return for the revival Tuesday night. Jason Nathanson, ABC News,
1: Hollywood. Yeah, I wonder what the drop-off's going to be like. Uh, I think it'll still have really good numbers, but it I think it will drop off a little bit. Or who knows? It was really good, so maybe it will grow. But to get 6.6 million people watching in the three days after it actually aired on television... That's crazy. There are shows out there that would kill for 6 million viewers, period. But it got 6.6 million more on top of the 18.2 on the night of. So that is is really uh, impressive. And as I, I think I said this on my weekend show, but what makes it kind of even more interesting is that let's say it was on Netflix, right? Say Roseanne, the new Roseanne was on Netflix, We wouldn't be talking about these huge ratings. It would be kind of cool that it was back, but we wouldn't be talking about this. So there may still be something left in, you know, traditional television after all. I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure you heard about this this morning, this data breach um, involving Lord and Taylor and... Saks Fifth Avenue. If you missed it, here are the details.
0: A New York-based security firm, Gemini Advisory, revealed Sunday that a hacking group was boasting last week it had stolen as many as 5 million credit and debit card accounts and put 125,000 numbers up for sale on the dark web. Hudson's Bay Company, the Canadian owner of Saks and Lord & Taylor stores, conceded its in-store payment systems had been breached. It has not said how many accounts have been stolen, but says there's no indication its online shopping sites or other brands, including Home Outfit in the Hudson's Bay chain have been broken into. Gemini reports most of the stolen accounts appear to have come from the northeastern United States. Warren Levinson, New
1: York. You know, these data breaches, man, it seems like really a couple times a week we're hearing about these uh, major data breaches. Now, we never really hear anything beyond that. We hear about the breach, um, but then we don't usually hear much about, you know, whether somebody's information was used. But, I mean, I guess we, we do hear those stories, but... I mean, relating to these specific data breaches. Um, Did you hear what's going on with coffee in California? This is uh, kind of interesting. Listen, I need my cup of coffee every day, you know, to kind of get going. But in the state of California, um, they're making them put warning labels on coffee. Here's the story. Take a
5: listen. California coffee shops were learning may be forced to warn customers of a possible cancer risk linked to coffee. The state keeps a list of chemicals that could cause cancer and one of them acrylamide is is created when coffee beans are roasted. Well a lawsuit filed in 2010 is asking companies including we're talking everything here Starbucks, 7-Eleven, you name it, coffee companies to post a warning and keep in mind here at least 13 have settled and agreed to that warning, most recently among them 7-Eleven. Coffee companies though say the level of the chemical is safe and that the health benefits of coffee outweigh any risk. Yeah,
1: I don't know. You know, when I was a kid, remember they said, oh, saccharin causes cancer in rats and this and that, and it sounds like maybe this is blowing a bit out of proportion. I don't know. That's my initial thought. Anyhow, I sat down with uh, Shainer and Timmy, my band of big guys, muchos kilos, and we put together a little song that we call Coffee in California. Coffee in California. Muchos kilos. Me, Shainer, and Timmy, my band of big guys on CJOB. What? Muchos kilos coffee in California. Break time three twelve. We'll check traffic and weather, and then we'll be back. It's Hal on CJOB. All right, Bob is on the phone 204-780-6868, wanting to talk about Roseanne. Yes, Bob, what's up?
6: Yes, Hal, just a small uh, comment. Hmm. Um, you're probably wondering why is it that Roseanne is getting such uh, great popularity.
1: Okay, I, I sense you have an answer for me. Go
6: ahead. Yeah, if you think about it a little bit, what is there to watch on TV today? There's absolutely nothing. I mean, if you look back in time, you had all these different shows, These, uh, you know, the different types of uh, shows they had, like uh, comment shows and that. Right. Now, I bet you if you were to throw a show on there like Cheers or even Carol Burnett, anybody, I bet yeah. you that those rates would go way up. Because when you've got nothing to offer the people, people are going to accept anything, really. Yeah,
1: I I think there is something to what you're saying, Bob, and I'll I'll tell you, you know, middle America or what they call middle America really Mm -hmm. likes this new show. Whereas, you know, Los Angeles and New York, it's not even cracking the top 20. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely a show that I think people that are sort of nostalgic can watch and feel good about. We don't see a whole lot of sitcoms on the air anymore. It's sort of new but old, right? What's old is Mm -hmm. new again. So uh, there's something to what you're saying, I think, yeah. 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 Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thanks,
6: Hal. All right.
1: Thanks a lot. Uh, Somebody said, Hal, have you talked yet about the eight-foot stuffed bear from Costco? No, I haven't. You haven't missed it. Here's the deal. This thing has apparently become a viral sensation. Somebody said that, yes, they do sell them here at the Costco, but they said uh, they saw it at Christmas time. So maybe it's not a regular thing all the time. This story is out of uh, – this is a story I found in Business Insider. So I think it's the American Costco's. But apparently, Costco sells this giant eight-foot-tall stuffed bear, and it sold it since 2014. The toy has gotten so popular that it has its own meme-filled Facebook and Instagram fan pages. It even has its own Wikipedia entry. It also appeared on TV a few times, including an episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live and Big Bang Theory. And if you search for the hashtag Costco bear, so hashtag Costco bear, you'll even find some customers have gutted the bear and turned it into a costume. It's a great big eight foot stuffed bear that they sell at Costco. And this thing is just going crazy on the Internet. So there you go. Maybe look for that next time you are at Costco. Um, I think this is probably an April Fool's joke, but I'm I'm not sure. Um, they have come out with a product. And, uh, again, I'm thinking this is real close to April Fool's. It is glasses. They're steam-proof glasses uh, that... Uh, will not fog up while you're eating your ramen noodles. Now, I don't have I don't w- wear glasses so it's not a problem for me, but uh yeah, apparently you wear these glasses and uh they don't fog up and uh again, I think this is probably an April Fools joke, but uh it's online and I was reading it today and uh yeah, it apparently keeps your vision clear while you're uh while you're eating. Hmm. Just to squeeze in a few odds and ends here, uh, after we come back, after sports and news here in a bit, we'll kind of recap the show and then set the table for Richard Kluge and Julie Buckingham. The news begins here on CJOB at 4 o'clock. How long does it take to become best friends with someone? Well, if you have a best friend, you know how special that is, right? But did you ever dissect exactly how long it took you to consider them your bestie? The University of Kansas has done a study, of course they have, and they have found that you spend around 50 hours in close contact with someone in order to enter into a casual friendship. Casual friendship or, you know, an acquaintance, right? 50 hours. To call someone a friend, you apparently need to bond with them for 80 to 100 hours. That's a lot, right? Just to consider them a friend. Best friend? 200 hours of bonding time, they say, at the University of Kansas. That equates to about eight and a third days. And I guess that's why, when you think about it, I guess that's why you're, a lot of your best friends are maybe friends from when you went to school, right? Because you spent so much time with them every day. Whereas, you know, now that you've grown up, you don't, Spend, it takes a lot of time with somebody, over a week of straight time with somebody to consider them your best friend. So there you go. If you even cared about that, 50 hours to become an acquaintance, 80 to 100 makes that person a friend, 200 hours of bonding together, and uh, they are your best friend. Eight, uh, I was going to say eight, three, I did say eight. It is 3:23, 3 3:23. 23, 3 23. We'll check the forecast. Sports is on the way. Global News at 3:30 with Tristan Field Jones, Hal Anderson on CJOB.